Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Word on the street is I am never out of words. The only Richard sister we'll ever agree on <laughs> is Kathy. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. As soon as he said the only, I was like, I already hate this. I can feel Kimberly lurking. <laughs> I know she's she's never far away when we're having conversation. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 233, and I am so excited for a conversation that I feel like has needed to happen for a minute. Every time I talk to this person, I'm like, you were just on Andy's Girls like a second ago. And then I realized that was actually like seven months or maybe <laughs> three years or whatever it actually is. So I am so thrilled for uh, a real deep dive of so much. You know him as writer, producer, host of the podcast you might know her from, and also, oh, that's right, being OG of the AG. Guys, welcome back to the people's people's couch, except I'm on my bed right now, but spiritually, Damien Bellino. Wow. Thank you. What an intro. Um, what an intro. It's a pleasure to be back. And have, I have to say, we don't need to get into it, but I have to say, I think I've turned a leaf with Kyle a little bit. <gasps> uh, I think that I'm 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 starting to appreciate I think the things that she is good at and not holding her to a standard of like uh yeah. <laughs> so the, I'll just leave it at that cuz I don't um but I think I am turning a leaf. I'm starting to appreciate her Sarah cannot believe it. Her her face is against the zoom. Um yeah, I think I've just turned a leaf on like she's a good connector, she's a peacemaker and she I think that 
not that this necessarily matters for television, but I think that people seem to like her, which makes like her a pleasure to work with, which again, doesn't always make for a great housewife, but I think it does speak to her character. I still, I love all of, I just think I have an appreciation for all of the Richard sisters in a more holistic way now that I'm like in this season currently. And that includes she who will not be named right now. Um, you weren't expecting this, right? I wasn't. In uh, AGs, you didn't see this, but I literally have been gesticulating like there's no tomorrow the entire time. OG and AG Damian Bellino was talking. I I actually cannot believe this. Like, guys, I don't know if you remember this. Some of it happened offline, but we truly have a safe word that we have to use specific to talking about Kyle and Kim because we are passionate passionate about our thoughts and feelings when it comes to the Richard sisters I feel like I have no choice similar to what Mariah said on watch what happens when Andy said say nice things say three nice things about Eminem and she was like it melts in your mouth (laughs) it's delicious whatever else I feel like I should say three nice things about Kim Because you just said so many nice things about Kyle, all of which I agree with, obviously. So let me think about three nice things about Kim. She's a natural caregiver. Even that monstrous, murderous dog, she refused to give up because she truly, I think she genuinely feels, felt as a parent to that pup that even if he was, violent and (laughs) aggressive she couldn't the idea of letting him go was too intense and I do think that all of the Richard sisters are natural caregivers these all seem like people who decided very young that they were meant to have families including children and that that was a role that they really wanted to play and I think that Kim is a natural caregiver in the sense of the love that she has for her children and her her ability to emote vocally about that love um, and share in that way. I think they all, all of the Richard sisters have that in common. Um, Richard sisters and the Hilton. Um, okay, two more things. Listen, 21-year vegetarian, but who doesn't love watching somebody make chicken salad? And boy, <laughs> does she. Wow. A gift. A gift. Nay, a talent. I mean, born to do it. You don't think that's, you don't think she's funny? Like, well, that's not one of the things you I had a third. I had a third. I'm just saying that the way that she massaged the chicken, if she's seeking work and I, who's to say that she is, she's working on her book again, which was canceled. And they told her to keep the advance because they felt like they would never be able to get it back. But the book is happening again. I have some follow-up questions about that. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. But another job she could do is, as a sous chef, as a let's as an executive, a chicken salad plus. <laughs> if we can have <laughs> stores that sell only cupcakes and macaroons, why can't we have and um? If she if, dough, if Kim Richards chick, opened a chicken, chicken if she if Kim Richards opened up a bodega where she only sold chicken salad, I would go immediately. A bodega. Well, yeah, that's what I've given her. <laughs> that's what I've given her. <laughs> I actually could see. Kim Richards more uh, living her best life at a bodega than I could at like Jones on third. So I think that is actually yeah. in fact the right. And um, was that three caregiver chicken salad? Um, one more, uh, you know, the season she, the season when she first came back, 
this was as a not, you mean as like a friend or a guest or you mean like the season when she first came back uh on as a sober um uh person and i mean that not having anything to do having things to do with her it was the season after rinna's first season after amsterdam Four. i think she believe she came back the following season sober without brandy correct i can't remember it all blends in together but i think possible that- but i'm thinking more of her very first season sober oh which i was see like, like season two? two i think she had a good season season two no wait maybe it wasn't two three, i think maybe, maybe? it's season three because i think season two is like the 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 things are on the table at that point. what a compliment i'm i'm giving to her i just want to say that one of those seasons i thought was really good for her i'm not even i'm not trying to be a dick i'm genuinely there was a season where i remember thinking kim is exactly right where she, she had a lot of show. thoughts she needed to get off the show and then to come back on as someone who was no longer on the show i actually think Kim is better off not being for herself, not being on the show full time. It doesn't mean that she doesn't bring value to the show uh, when we a, see this, her in certain will, points. I can't believe we agree. I mean, I totally agree with uh, that. This is she, a loving, this is a, a reparative episode is what this is. <laughs> she, this is um, absolutely, episode. she should not be on the show for her own health and for the, mm-hmm. I think for the health of her sister's relationship. I will and say me. this is a uh, sort of a tangent, but I'm curious to see like if Kathy will remain with this show. I assume based on like the response that she will be welcome to come back. But like if she will be continue to be a friend because they will like do whatever she wants to keep her or if she will get promoted or want to be promoted. And that like if we'll ever sort of see the thornier sides of her relationship with Kyle because while I am very familiar with Kim and Kyle's like on again off again dynamic which seems like she and Kyle are I mean she and Kim are off right now. Um, we also know that, like, based on that flashback that, like, Kathy and Kim were, I mean, Kathy and Kyle were also off. It's very interesting to me that, like, those, these sisters all sort of, like, two of them at a time. Like, Kathy's good right. with both of them right now, but they're not good with each other. But there were other times where, like, Kathy and Kim were cool and, like, neither of them were fucking with Kyle. And some of that was because of Kyle's show. Like, there is yeah. something to be said for the fact that when the show was canceled, Kathy was, like, ring, ring. Right. I think... I don't know that Kyle and Kim are on the outs right now. I think that Kim sometimes, and again, a lucky number four, something (laughs) that a lot of people have in common is like when you're going through a moment, you shut people out. And it might be possible that in their dynamic of three, it's so difficult for them to all be okay with each other as they are with themselves. And I think Kim is probably going through a moment right now and she only feels safe just in her own yada yada I'm sure Kathy treats her differently than Kyle does in talking to Kathy about stuff and communicating stuff to Kathy might also be because she knows that Kathy and Kyle are doing well so she just assumes if she tells Kathy something and I mean this in a positive way Kathy can just tell Kyle and I think that Kyle uh, that that Kim is just maybe possibly going through stuff and doesn't it f- isn't isn't picking up the phone to call. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your words. I I, I, I forgot that it's like, I forgot one that COVID is still happening, but also during yeah. this filming, it was like still very real and like very much like lockdown was still happening and these were bubbles and that they just talked about how Ki- uh, Kim was like very concerned about mm-hmm. COVID, which like isn't a fun storyline, but is a lot of people's reality is like mm-hmm. lots of people have different feelings about like what is safe and. Um, I have to assume that they would want have wanted to have the three of them have lunch on camera and that Kim was like, I cannot because I'm not letting a crew near me. 
Yeah, and I don't know how much of that genuinely has to do with COVID. I mean, like, I don't know where Kim is in her life right now. I am genuinely curious about what's going on with this book because it is true from what I remember reading, which could be wrong, anything's possible, that Kim signed on to do this book. She got a $100,000 advance. She didn't write the book. They canceled the book deal. Iconic. But they How didn't can you? Sell I don't understand. No, I, I would love it. I would love it. Are you kidding? That's my dream in life is to have a book deal, not read the book, and then not get sued for it. Are you kidding? Announce it in deadline. I'll never do me? it. Announce it in deadline. I'll never do it. Thanks. I will literally, I literally was just talking to you about something where I was like, I just didn't want to do it. But then I just like, yeah. I, my favorite thing to do, I, I, my spiritual being is based on rescheduling so I I love it there's nothing that brings me more joy unless I've had a hair appointment before a thing and then we're gonna have like we're gonna really have them there's shit's gonna go down but most I would say 86.4 percent of the time if someone reschedules with me it's the best moment of my entire life where I get to delay what even if it's fab if it's fabulous even more fabulous for it to get rescheduled and I feel so no no pressure on Kim for that but um it has allegedly been put, picked up again. I wonder, did they give her a bonus or were they just like, truly, you need to write this book that we gave you money for? Interesting. I have no I idea. I don't know. Like maybe she and was I don't in breach who... of contract and they were like, we're going to come for it. And she was like, cool, I'm on it. <laughs> like, so I don't. And also, how is that going to, you know, whomever she's partnered with to write this book, I wonder how she is going to remember her time on housewives, mm. some of the difficult times on housewives, how she has been able to navigate her relationships with her sisters. If she's truly on the outs with Kyle right now, obviously that's going to factor in as it would with most people in how you are expressing your relationship with that person when writing a book. I also assume that if it comes, like whenever it's coming out, she'll make an appearance on the show and I'm sure it will do something. I'm sure it'll do something on the <laughs> billboard of book charts the new york times best-selling list i hope for her i hope for I, her. I hope for her or you know what i hope for her i, wonder I hope who, that she i would I love to that, see yeah. like a ranking of all of the books that have come out and who i mean i'm talking about not to be um i don't know if classes is the right word but elitist as far as like i'm not talking about like self-published books but um as far as people who've like had book deals and like how they have done on the like, I feel like Teresa has, like, a bunch of New York Times bestselling books, right? I would say Teresa's up there. Bethany's up there. Did um, Bethany Erica book? Jane. I didn't know. Oh, Erica Jane. Yeah, right, Be right, Bethany right. has several books. I'm not familiar with her oeuvre as an Oh, author. my God. And then she had the relationship book come out after um, she and Jason were in the middle of getting divorced, which just means it happened in the last decade. Um, Do you think that Bethany will ever come back to Real Housewives? Ever? I absolutely do. Because now that her contract with mark burnett quote unquote ended so she could focus more on podcasting as two podcasters chuckle <laughs> um, now that that's ended i think that a lot of her enthusiasm toward shitting on new york is something that works when you're doing press for a different show mm. but if that different show crashes and burns and you're still trying to sell cauliflower pizza like the leaning tower of cauliflower pizza and um i'm, I'm making pod, a frown i'm making a, a frown face yeah, i don't know why i don't see i don't see i think most housewives would return and i don't i think that there is a lot of value in housewives and i think that 
Bethany thinks that she has created the value and in some way she has, but you do also have to maintain it. And if she's not part of the conversation just from like sending some really shitty tweets um, and, you know, her podcast is very popular, but it's not um, necessarily in the news, which I think is important to Bethany. And she would be in the news and in the conversation so quickly if she came back. I think it's absolutely a matter of time, as I do about Lisa Vanderpump as well. I think it's a matter of time for them both. I feel like the only housewives that are question marks about, like, would they come back would be Bethany, Lisa Vanderpump, Nene, and Caroline Manzo. And I feel like the first two, I feel like definitely would eventually for an opportunity and I feel like if Nini ever fixes her relationship with the network or Andy or whatever that is she absolutely would as well for the same reason and I feel like Caroline would if given enough money so Caroline definitely and I think she has said as much in the last year she's like they need to write me a check yeah I think she would be I think Caroline would actually be happy to come back or not happy but she would enjoy coming back Bethany would absolutely enjoy coming back Lisa Vanderpump's counting down the days until she would come back I don't know that Nini would enjoy it I think that Nini is in a place where she may need it Mm. I don't financially otherwise and I don't it's also very recent still like she hasn't had that like she hasn't had any sort of it's all been sort of it's recent and it's all been sort of negative I don't know if there's a better word but yeah. it's it hasn't been like a great time I mean it hasn't been a great time for any of us but like Nini hasn't gotten great press and she hasn't had great opportunities that have like I feel like Lisa Vanderpump right. has her like bullshit show on E Caroline Manzo seems like she's fine soap, right? um yep. exactly and Bethany is like had her show on HBO Max has a podcast says terrible right. things all the time on Instagram whatever but I feel like Nini hasn't had like um an upswing it's where tough. I feel like like, I feel like Caroline Manson could come back and be like, I know this show and what it is and it can be toxic, but also like, I'm going to come and have fun with the girls. And right. I feel like Nini is not there yet, but maybe in like three years, if enough time, I know Greg is sick again. So like, who knows? That's the other thing too, is like, it's not to say that she's, it's a, I keep just moving Nini's my hat around. It's <laughs> like, I, know, I can't, it's like it. twisting my hat around as I talk, like <laughs> my nervous energy about Nini's, uh. Event. Um, I think she will eventually come back because I feel like it's all I feel like they all will. I feel like Leanne Locken there's a world where she could get back on the show like I just think there's a world where all of these women can find their way back depending on like the culture and depending on the relationships behind the scenes with production and, and the, the quality network. of the show and the quality yeah, of like, I, what the show needs I like, completely agree yeah sorry continue. no sorry. I just like I think like Leanne is despicable um yeah but also so with Carrie whatever her name is I literally don't know her last name Birmingham Brittingham um like she's also despicable but at least Leanne is like a charismatic despicable person so who like is can be funny and you're like oh you're terrible but like great television where it's like now I'm watching terrible people who are not charismatic or fun yeah, um, I'm going to just forget what you just said for the last 20 seconds. I don't know how I feel about Leanne being... I'm not like, I'm not advocating for Leanne to come no, back. No, I know, I'm just... and you don't, it's not, doesn't mean you even like her. Yeah, no, I don't particularly. Like I don't know that I, I don't, I think Leanne, honestly, from a charisma perspective, it was so cloying to the end oh, and so dark that I was like, I don't find her, I think in person, I've experienced her in person two or three times and she is very funny very quick very friendly all of that as most of these women are when they're talking to sort of anybody and they feel like they're gonna be on or not you know like but on the show it was so dark 
The thing with Nini, though, is that I don't know that Nini enjoys being on Housewives, understandably, as much as she enjoys being the superstar who started on Housewives. And it's hard to, like, make fun of Kenya's career, aside from Housewives, when Kenya is able to fire back some stuff as well. You know, like, Nini has had much more success in the last 10 years than Kenya has, definitely, or maybe even more than that. But she's not in the middle of some sort of renaissance now, which predates COVID. I'm sure it's not been helped by that. I also think, obviously, she has said a lot of things publicly about Andy and the network, and some of it is deserved. And for Nini, I think that comes from a place of um, frustration about how she was treated versus other OGs. And I do think some of that frustration is deserved. I do not know, though, if she's able to compartmentalize it in order to return to Atlanta. I really, I don't know. Plus everything that's going on with Greg, which is just terrible news. Mm-hmm. They just announced that his, his cancer has returned. And and I just, I don't know. But I also don't know what happens to Nene next. Like in the middle of COVID or right at the beginning of COVID, she announced that she was coming out with these Lanethia lounges. And I don't know if she's, I'm hoping that she didn't invest, that she just kind of, you know, lent her name for some cashing a non-Trump check you know I I I it's kind of sad when you think about it because she is so powerful and influential when you think of the importance and the historic nature of so many of the OGs absolutely and yeah some of it is some of it she has herself to blame when it comes to her interactions with people and the way that she checked out at many points when she started to return to the show you know and and some of that is a natural uh, there's a natural shift in the order of things when you go out into hollywood and ryan murphy is calling you and everyone oh my God. Do you remember when ryan murphy was on um real houses of atlanta when he and he like had like a coffee or something it was so cool um, I died for it. Yeah. And I love when she went on Regis and Kelly. And I love when she ha- was forced to take the subway and uh, stared Cynthia down when she ate a hot dog in Central Park. Like, I love seeing those moments of Nene where it's combining housewife and superstar. I just don't know where she is in her life. And the thing with housewives is we can kind of tell when you're putting on a little bit. And we can also obviously tell if you don't want to be there anymore. And I don't know what Nini thinks about Housewives. I think it's too early in the conversation, but I think it's one that someone will have, I would think, in like the next two years. But also, who knows? Who knows? Um, on that note, guys, what a great. <laughs> well, it's a great episode to come. Love talking about so Nini. Great. OK, bye. Um, listen, there's so much that's happening. Can we start with the worst and get it out of the way Tell and then me. move on to the greenest pastures mm. um, known to Maryland? Yeah. Let's talk about or let's talk about why we don't want to talk about New York or what are your I haven't asked you. I don't think it. I don't know that we we haven't talked at other. all about New York. No voice notes or texts about right? it at all. No. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I think the season feels really disconnected from from reality, from fun. I think that it just feels like the women feel disconnected to me. And I think that Mm -hmm. I think Ebony is 
great. I like like her in theory. I think she seems she's seems incredibly like she's in char- she is charismatic. She is smart. Mm-hmm. She seems like she has a million things going on in her life. I love that she was like honest about like her car and the repo man and like oh her God, credit I score. Oh I God. think that um, we're seeing and I think you've talked about this in some past episodes of AG, but I just think that some of what we're seeing is like Ebony coming in with like stuff stacked against her in terms of like entryway into the group. And like the show is maintaining the status quo by cont- keeping on the old, the whatever the trifecta of like the older white women from the upper east side and i feel like the show i don't know that this is like this isn't my opinion on the season but this is my like suggestion it was like to in order to integrate women of color like the show needs to be willing to change its point of view and i don't know that that's like maybe that's what ebony is trying to do but it just feels like the show is maintaining the status quo by making ebony like the unusual thing by being like she's pushing this stuff this agenda and it's like well that's who she is the odds are against her because there you put her as the sole black woman and she has no allies except for leah and like i just feel like the show should have rebooted and it should have been like i don't know i feel like dorinda honestly was the one that they should have kept opposed to luann and um, ramona I feel like Dorinda would have been made more sense with younger women. She had, she was the one who was friends with Jules, quote unquote. So like she already had been a person who she's cooler and hipper than all of those women. She's more progressive. She's also a little more like rough around the edges. And I feel like she just would have made sense with Leah and Ebony and they could have added other people. She would have made sense with Heather Thompson. Like I know that Dorinda had a terrible Mm. season, but watching Countess Luann and Ramona, and to a lesser extent, Sonia. Although, while I love Sonia, like, I don't need to applaud her, like, one, getting it, and two, she still has no storyline. Um, I just feel like the show is setting up Ebony for failure, and as viewers, we're suffering because it's, like, incredibly boring. And I think the addition of Bershon is fascinating. I don't know that I like her. I don't know that I agree with her politics. I do think she fits in with the other women, like, based on her persona thus far, like, in the ways that she's sort of talking about, like, marrying, like, a, you know, like, a British banker. And she has this fascinating story about, like, di- um, like being um, diagnosed with cancer and it was being, uh, like, terminal cancer. And then she bounced mm-hmm. back and having a new lease on life. Some of her politics maybe about, like, you know, we're all the same. We're colorblind, essentially, like, may have kept the peace more with, like, this group as far as integration. But I don't know that I, like, am into it. But I don't know. I don't, I'm sort of talking in circles. Like, I think Bershawn is fascinating I just think it's unfair or unfortunate to like the audience that like Bershawn and Heather were getting piecemeal where it's like I wish we just got everybody at full force I felt like it came back it was like Leah's show she's a bust Ebony is like doing a lot of heavy lifting some of it is not fun to watch I don't know that that's her fault and I'm sort of sick of everybody else yeah I mean I think you're raising a lot of valid points the Bershawn when it comes to Bershawn's politics, I really felt like the comment that she made at the Harlem Knights party could be could be actually a one-off because when we're talking about other issues relating to race in the conversation that happened in Salem, she seemed very invested as one would think as a black woman in the other women shutting the fuck up and talking or at least being open to listening. She was 
to my memory, and I was not all present watching it, she did look horrified and confused as to Ramona's behavior. And I say that not just to say that she that Ramona was horrified or horrifying, but also in the ways that Ramona refused to listen. Um, so when it comes to politics, like I understand and can empathize with frustration that um, maybe felt over the idea of anyone saying, you know, colorblind. I do think she deserves some grace as a black woman saying it. And I also think it's entirely possible that she was thinking in that moment, you know, some iteration of can't we all get along but when it comes to the actual nuts and bolts of specifics relating to the black lives matter movement that she was absolutely invested in having that conversation and also confused as to why ramona was like having an allergic reaction running off stage to get an EpiPen. you yeah. know so i think that there's that but i could be wrong i mean i don't know totally I and I, I also think that there is also like the situation she knew the camera was on her and was going to pan on her, like, to counter, yeah. you know, to either counter or to co-sign sort of Ebony's POV. Mm -hmm. And she's allowed to have her own point of view. Like, and I also exactly. don't need to agree with it. And yeah. um, I th and she also could have been trying to diffuse whatever was happening. Because totally. I think, that, like, it wasn't going over. So she was maybe trying to diffuse, trying to change it. Um, yeah, she's totally, like, owed grace. Um, I, I think that she seems like a fascinating character, honestly. And I'm sort yeah, of surprised totally. that she... I don't know like how long I don't know any of the details of like when she was filming and when they decided to like actually integrate her like maybe she was already filming and it was still a question mark I based on reading very you know like Instagram not reading anything looking on Instagram she was like filming and then it was like oh they announced Ebony and she was no and like Bershawn was no longer in the in consideration and then when Heather quit or walked off then suddenly Bershawn was like on the show that's what it yeah. seems like so it's feels like it happened sort of all of a sudden after the Heather stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of casting decision made at that point when they realized, oh, Heather was going to be a friend of, but she's no longer <laughs> available in any way uh, to film. When it comes to the just the moment of like, you know, so I don't remember if I said this on the last Andy Scrolls, but someone said this online and I thought it was really smart, which is like when it comes to sitting through uncomfortable conversations Luann wore blackface to a Halloween party mm. and laughed it off. So the fact that she can't even shut up, shut the fuck up for two seconds and listen when she herself has added pain to people of color just by her behavior and refusing to take accountability for it when it was obvious to literally everyone what she had done. And number two, there seems to be a reaction from some people who are upset about the idea of New York in any way being political when it comes to Ebony, and I use that in quotes, when it comes to Ebony saying, you know, I just want to make sure that you, you know, value my life before we go to drinks. Um, and there's the idea of like, wow, this is too much. It's too intense. We need to be working on lighter stuff. Number one, the world wasn't having a light and fluffy day. So you're not going to have any kind of just like light and chill moment that is not the world in which these women were living. And that's not the world in which the world. So that wasn't going to happen. Number two, we've had cast members go through heinous divorces, deaths of 
uh, family members, including spouses, um, addiction, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, arrests, um, crazy uh, fights, moments, drag out, hysterical, whatever. You know, Vicky found out her mom died on camera during Bunko. Like we've seen while Teresa and Joe alone. When you think about that, that is a really fucking dark story. Erica and Tom dark. And we're talking about why it's we're saying that like listening to uh, important historic black figures is too much. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of then Ebony talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and we're saying it's too much, it's too intense, but all of this other stuff is great primetime TV. Like make that make sense. And I don't, I'm not saying that there isn't an argument over like, well, but the framing of it, blah, blah, blah. But I also think that's not really the conversation. Like the conversation that's more important to me to have is why can't Lou and Ramona, why do they refuse to listen? Because at so many other points, when someone else has been describing their experience, regardless of whether Lou or Ramona have lived it, they at least shut the fuck up and listened. Mm. Ramona's behavior was abhorrent. I didn't think it, it's, the season is such a cringe and there are actually interesting so cringe and there are interesting things i think we could dis or at least one question i have for you which i will ask in a second but when it comes to everything else like i don't think ebony is the person who deserves to be critiqued much as she said we can do the drinks we can have the stuff but first i want to make sure that we are all on the same page I sort of feel that way about her. Like she is worthy for critique. All of these women are. They're flawed in some ways. They have some ego, yada, yada. That's why they're on this show. But it's not the foundational thing that needs to be discussed first. The foundational stuff is like the fact that this current cast sucks. The fact that they have nothing going on. The OGs have nothing going on. Nothing. Lou's giving me eyes. And that's her most important participation so far aside from kicking out the first black housewife on New York from her Hamptons it's really house. Bad. Like it's really bad. And that is worthy of critique. And there are people who are critiquing that and then saying, Oh, and also this about Ebony. I just, to me, it, it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, I can't get past that other stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree. What, what is the other, what was the question you were going to ask okay. me? Okay. And I'm not trying to stir anything up. I'm genuinely saying that. I I watched it. I haven't watched it in a minute. Don't plan on watching it again. Genuinely not trying to stir anything up. When Leah was asking Ebony questions at the tattoo restaurant. Yeah. And they were talking about Donald Trump or Fox or something. When Ebony referenced the phrase white supremacy and she was trying to uh, and she didn't necessarily explain the terms, she just sort of said it and it fell on the women who had were thinking of like the clan stuff and not the idea of like, yeah, no, you're happy to participate in a structure of um, uh, white privilege that helps you as a benefit while, you know, uh, being focused on 
a racist system. That's how you are able to gain and maintain that power. And you're not interested in addressing um, the fact that it's a little bit of an imbalance. So Ebony uses the phrase white supremacy. Mm -hmm. It does not land well. What a shock. Leah, I think, tries to help her by saying, you know, can you give some context? Can you give some clarity a little bit? And then Ebony references Donald Trump and says, you know, like not all of his supporters are racist, but some of them are. And I'm sorry if I'm fucking up. I genuinely, as a defense mechanism, could not give it my normal 70 percent. But she says that and then Leah sort of reacts to it and is like, but you're not saying all voters are racist or something. And then she references Ebony's mom and the fact that Ebony has said things that were, according to Leah, or from what Leah saw, positive in some way or minimizing the negative impact of Trump on Fox. And when she started to ask these questions, I felt like she was genuinely helping in some way with the conversation. And then at a certain point, I was like, wait, why is she bringing up the fact that Ebony's mom voted for Trump? at this moment right now, why is she questioning Ebony about what Ebony has said about Trump on both parts? I don't think it's, I understand why a question would be asked, but like literally right now, why is that happening? Like was Leah triggered in some way? Was she trying to help Ebony or challenge her? Um, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I have to say, I don't know that I was watching it closely enough to really pick up on the nuances of that, but I mean, it certainly wouldn't be a total shock if Leah was triggered, right? I can't see how she would have thought that was helpful. I have to think that she was either she felt triggered or felt like it was important for the conversation to be balanced and therefore felt like it was important to call this thing out, which was that, um, Ebony's mom voted for Trump. Uh, I don't know, though. It's I don't know. Is no one talking? Are people talking me. about this? Nobody that I know is. Uh, you know, I, I have a vow of silence in my ears for listening to Bravo Pod. So people may well and I haven't heard it. I haven't gotten any satchels about it that I can remember. I just I remember that moment and being confused about it. And wanting to understand, genuinely understand what the intention was there. Was it a response or reaction to the stuff about Trump or something else? Because what initially felt like it was meant to be supportive to Ebony was something else. And and these women should be able to challenge each other. But that setting and that moment, I was like, wait, the vibe is changing and I don't know why. Or I could be totally wrong, like totally wrong. It's fascinating. I don't. Yeah, I did not pick up on it. Now I will have to go back and rewatch, though, to see. I don't know, to take it in. Uh, yeah. Lee is having know. such a terrible season. And <laughs> I know that that happens a lot of times to Housewives on their second season, but like it stands out as being one of like, I feel like Dorinda had like, didn't have a terrible second season, but it was like, you know, it was not her, as great as her first, which is normal. Erica Jane had a bad second season, but it wasn't like terrible. It was just like, you know, not the magic of her first one. Sigalit. Oh, that was Sorry, really man. bad as well. That yeah, was really bad. Like... That actually was worse than Leah. 
because mm-hmm. hers was like she was driving so much story and like she was i think that i don't know it's hard to say because siggy is so terrible on social and i guess in life but she was so lovely her first season so funny mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that she had been a person who had been like uh whatever she was i'm doing quotation marks but what was she a matchmaker and she yeah, had but like she was doing a lot of TV stuff. She was on Wendy she, Williams. Yeah, like she, she had her own show on VH1 content. in like the twenty ten. Oh, yeah, like in the twenty tens, okay. and um, was on Wendy Williams a lot. So like she was a person who like was sort of had agency as a talking mm-hmm. head or as a matchmaker. Exactly. Um, and I think the show after she saw her first season, then she was sputtering out because she was concerned that because the stuff she was saying about Marge wasn't taking, that then she would mm-hmm. get edited to look like the villain or look uh i'll use the word wild and i think that Mm -hmm. she became the villain and looked wild and i feel like leah is just doing what everyone they all try to do which is like they know they have people that agree with them so they're going to do more of what they did but it just feels not authentic and then it's like i don't know it's in but anyway i to i don't to bring it back to what you're talking about like it wouldn't surprise me if leah was doing this thing where she was trying to place devil's advocate about white supremacy and use encountering it with but i don't know it's interesting because I, I feel like ebony would have called it out if that's what she believed it was so maybe. I, I don't think that leah was questioning i think leah was trying to help ebony with the white supremacy part i think they were totally no on the i'm same sorry page but like that, in, in the, the white donald supremacy- trump of it when it- ebony started to reference donald trump it shifted and leah has said repeatedly she's not like a trump supporter but i think it was the idea of categorizing Trump yeah yeah, yeah. And she wasn't playing a counter changed. about right, about right. white supremacy but in the white supremacy conversation trying to right. find like play devil's advocate about like trump supporters or whatever i don't know i really don't know and nobody's talking about it and it's like is new york even worth our time well we spent you know, so much time on it, honestly if we can extract some value out of this really terrible shitty season then i guess that's where we are i don't think i can I, I don't know. How does a person buy a ticket to Countess and Friends after this? I genuine. That's a genuine question. Tell me something I thought about actually earlier today when I was taking a walk and I knew I was coming on the show. I was like, what would Sarah say is a way to solve this? Like not solve this season or solve any of these people's lives. But what is a way to like, and I guess it could be casting. It could be something else. Like if for next season, how would you... If they put you in charge, what would you do? Oh my God, what a bad idea. Um, I, You know I'm bad at this. It's like when someone asks me my top five. But, it's not, like, but it doesn't even need to be casting specifically as much as like, do you think the problem lies within like these OG type characters, the women who have been on? I think it's everything is wrong. I think the cast is wrong. The energy is wrong. I think it's difficult because we're going through the second wave at this point, And yet some of these women seem to understand it and others don't. It's hard to be a denier of literally everything going in life. And that is what Ramona is trying to do while also pretending she's here to have a party. And that's probably true. But it's like the darkest part of all of this that Ramona could probably have a great party for 18 episodes. But who wants to be present for that? Nobody. So what I think ha- it, yeah, tell me. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Finish your thought. Um, I can't, I don't, I'm S- Ramona. so have to be cut off. I genuinely, <laughs> help me, help what, me, help what, myself. What would happen if, and I, I wish they had done this now, but I recognize the pandemic and. Hunger Games. But what would have happened if they like started in New York and it was six women we never knew or seven women in New York and it was like a new friend group. Like what would happen? 
Like, what, wouldn't that be, like, the way Salt Lake City was, like, magic in a way? You know, like, obviously it's not, to me, it's not, like, a perfect season or a perfect cast. But, like, that, like what would happen if it was a new, what if it was, like, Ebony and her friends or Leah and, I don't know, just, like, a new cast of women? I, I don't think, know. I, I don't know that I want that. I think that the show can't, instinct. I think the show can't do what it did anymore. Like, I think that it just can't. And I think that with that is like saying goodbye to people that we like have fondness for like even Sonia it's just like it doesn't make sense to me and I think Sonia is the one to keep I think Sonia could be the bridge bring back some older people people I mean and by that I mean people who were on the show people we already know and bring in some new people it's what they do all the fucking time I think there's a weight that can be lifted with Ramona gone I understand that people enjoy and appreciate how fucking insane she is and we will always have flashbacks Lord knows the show will rely on them as needed I just don't I, it's so it's such a drag and Lou has been holding on by a thread associated with a, attached to a you know Giovanni dress tag for a while and she's really doing herself a disservice by her behavior right now because I just think the idea of being entertained by her has taken on a little bit of a dark shift until I see something else I think she's trying I I don't know that that's the case maybe in like the last maybe. part of something at one point I feel somewhere. like she's checked out honestly like it's like I feel like she's just like not I feel like she's phoning it in I feel like maybe after that could be a part of it too a, after the conflict with uh Ebony she just like is phoning it in she's like not present I don't know they the last good season of New York for me was Carol versus Bethany like and when Carol got fired it all has just slowly each season has been a step down for me and um, so maybe they'll figure it out next season and they'll get Dorinda and Tinsley back on and they'll get rid of a bunch of women and it'll be better. I don't know. I hope. But it's it's sad. And I feel like everyone's story like they need to go off the show and live a little bit and then come back. And like also they need to not feel invincible like Ramona like Ramona's doing the thing she's been doing forever, which, again, is interesting as like she's a villain. She's a wild character. You cannot believe that that is who she is. And then you hear people say like that's exactly who she is. I've met her like whatever. But it's not fun to watch anymore, and she's like, it's not fun to watch her use the same tools in her tool sh toolbox over and over again. And that now she's like dismissing, I don't know. It's just it's all gross, and it's not fun at all. Get rid of Ramona. Yeah, get rid of Ramona. It's just it's just the idea of them coming out and having a, a a season like next season where they go on a vacation and it's safe for them to take a trip, and Ramona just goes to abuse the quote unquote help wherever they land. I just. I don't want to see it. It's there's enough bad stuff happening that Ramona's bad energy, like as a bad person, I'm I got it. You know, like I live on the Upper East Side. I love living on the Upper East Side because I am in the poor section. I'm not off whatever. Although Ramona lives on Third Avenue, so like who or what are we even talking about? But I I walk by enough of these women that I don't need to watch Ramona who is probably among the worst of the worst of them. I just don't need to see it anymore. Like I'm fine not seeing her again. I, I am. I, I am fine with it. She a hundred percent is not. It's probably why I'm more fine with it than not. I'm okay with Ramona being sad. She's not on TV. I'd like to see that. I'd yeah. like to see that announcement. I'd like to have a great day. Um, and so on that note, uh, let's shift gears if we can. Um, do you want to talk about Potomac? Oh my God. Always. 
we're no longer in order, guys, because I said we we're going to start at the worst. And I just it's we only care about the worst and then the good stuff. So the worst has been gone now that we've covered New York and I never have to talk about it ever again. Um, Potomac. I mean, I have. Oh, my gosh. Tell we're, me. I am so happy that these women are back on my mm. televisions. I, I was thinking about this last night and I was thinking about in relation to New York because I was like, well, New York has been on for like, you know, more than half of this already. So like whatever, they're in their 11th season. So uh, it makes sense. Like Potomac is like still hitting a stride and the mm. women are still fun. It's still fun to watch these dynamics. And I'm um, like, look, remember where you, what you're saying about New York when Potomac gets to season 10 or 11. But it's just like everybody, like Ashley gets it. Giselle gets it. Karen gets it. I think Candace gets it. Like everybody like knows what they're mm-hmm. signed up for, which is like, we're all going to be sort of shady and mean to each other. We know what's below the belt. When it's below the belt, then they're like, it's, but it's like, it's still, it's like watching somehow it is performative, but it's not like performative, like a la Jen Shaw, where I'm like, I literally don't know what you're doing. Cause you're just like, it's so irrational and you're not listening to anything. It's like watching Giselle and Karen argue to me. It's like, it's funny. And I feel like the other women at the table are laughing but somehow it feels rooted in truth. And G- and Giselle was like, cool, I'm going to say everything about you, but don't worry, I'm going to spread it out. AKA, I'm going to bring up all the things I've known about you that I've kept secret, and I'm going to sprinkle them out through the season. And then and then Karen starts with, you know, you have a hot pocket <laughs> vagina, whatever she said. <laughs> and like, literally, it's just like watching Mia laugh and Ashley's just like making mm. faces for the camera. And I'm like, this is comedy. But like, again, it's not like Jen Shaw where it's like one person screaming at such a like in such a way at an 11 and everybody else is sort of like at a four it's like everybody is matching the energy and it's so enjoyable i haven't laughed out loud that many times at housewives probably since potomac was last on the air like it's so they are funny in a way that like the atlanta women are consistently funny and that's it period so but but potomac i was like yes and i kept thinking about okay karen and giselle They've been going at it now for like six years, but there's like some sort of agreement that they have, which is like they know that that the other one makes one their character pop more, and two they are good for the show. Like, why is like whatever portion Kenya have going on is like less fun to watch because it feels like they're just going in circles and it feels mean and it feels dark. But Karen and Giselle, it's like they're going for the jugular, but also there, it feels like neither of them are saying like hit me so you get fired. They're just like, cool, and I'm going to say this. Okay, well, I'm going to say this. Okay, well, don't make me say this. And it's just like, it makes me laugh so much. And and then I'm going to stop. My final thing is like the fascination <laughs> around Wendy, who I did not, and this is not a judgment, but I just yep. did not expect her to be season two Wendy that she is. And she acknowledged like this thing of like, I'm a professor and I'm a you know political commentator and I know that like there's perceptions of what that needs to be, but I got my breast done and AKA maybe more of my stuff done. And that is fascinating to me because I'm not sure. And like, who knows? I'm someone who's more scholarly will tell me that I'm wrong. But besides for the Countess and Portia, I can't think of another like, wow, what a, what a turn in character. Like, the Countess, like, being the Countess in the early seasons and then falling in a bush and, like, being a drunk cabaret star and getting arrested. And Portia going from being, like, the wife of an NFL player who, you know, was, like, uh, you know, very reserved and conservative to being, you know, frickin' frack and twerking on a boat. 
those are very different departures. Like we've seen huge evolutions. But Wendy in season two talking about her breast implants and then throwing it and then have, feeding her son's boob cupcakes. Oh, I loved that. I was just stunned. She's got the cutest kids on TV, by the way. I want to see more of her interacting with her children because they are perfect. Anyway, I'm sorry. This monologue is just brought to you by me being very excited (laughs) that these women are back on the television. I mean, I think that there's a difference in a shift in character and a shift in circumstance. And I think what you're talking about is either the character or maybe the character with a dibble dabble of circles circumstance because I was about to say when you were like is there anyone else I was thinking circumstance and I was like Bethany now has uh, a bajillion dollars but her character isn't different it's yeah but it's probably- less likable because she's no longer low man on the totem pole which is what is the is the hard part yeah but her identity aside from the fact that she's like money yeah wealth power fame like it hasn't changed I totally as drastically that. from a day-to-day as like Luz has so I don't know that I would put that in the same bucket but I was thinking her as a little bit of an honorary mention um listen I I loved it the Giselle and Karen I just recorded an hour-long Patreon where I genuinely talked out the Karen and Giselle of it all and it's different this season and I wonder why I don't know if it's due to last season being so toxic that it seeped into the system of their frenemyship but they always used to like fuck with each other get genuinely mad sometimes about dumb stuff sometimes about not dumb stuff but there was always like a grudging respect begrudging respect some something word respect and uh, what a writer and um hashtag writer girl and now it feels like they're out to gut each other like there used to be the thing they're funny no matter what so like the premiere episode so funny so good so light that even when I'm talking about this I'm like oh it's so I I delight in how not heavy I feel how light I feel watching this um but there's usually a moment where there's almost like a chuckle a twinkle in one of their eyes and I didn't see that at all although I did see them making their friends laugh like doing the thing which I love but I wonder and this is I I die for them and the fact that it's like so intense this season I'm a hundred percent here for it I could watch Giselle v Karen forever and be perfectly fine I just wonder did something shift and will it ever get recentered just when it comes to the, it used to be that they would fuck with each other. They used to yell at each other about the cookie bake at Jack and Jill, however many years ago. They've yeah, known yeah, each yeah, other yeah. for a long time. They've been like this before from everything that we've heard about them and that they have said about each other. They've been like this since way, way pre-cameras, which I 100% believe. I love them even more for it. It just feels like now they genuinely don't like each other. And while it's still perfect TV, just for them, just genuinely for them, I wonder if that if we're able to if that will change at any point. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I did not. I don't feel like they hate each other yet, but 
this might be the final season of like the frenemy ship you know like this might be the end of that this might be when they start hating each other but to me there's still a level of like you said a level of respect in some way of like i know you're good for the show and we have history and whatever we're always going to keep this above the belt even when we're like throwing making fun of each other's makeup and looks and boyfriends and whatever it's like I don't know. I mean, based on the first episode, it seems like maybe they are no longer willing to play by those rules. But yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess because Giselle feels like Karen wasn't playing nice at the reunion in talking about Jamal and the relation. I think that it's hard as a viewer to get on Giselle's side with that because even though Jamal is her children's father, we as viewers know that a lot of those things really did check out at what that Monique and Karen were talking about. And. Giselle was probably acting a little bit for the show slash maybe did give it a go, but then was like, well, whatever. I'm going to just use this as my storyline. So I don't know. It's hard as a viewer to be like, oh, yeah, Karen went below the belt. It's like, well, you were also acting. Like, you were, like, talking about Monique's relationship, but, like, also pretending like you were in one. So, like, no one feels bad. I don't feel bad for her that what came up came up. I mean, I think more about the fact that she's saying she's upset that Karen hurt her family and her kids. And it's like, as Karen herself said either on the show or on Watch What Happens or both, that should be directed toward your ex-husband. Why? I don't understand why Giselle is so obviously pissed at Karen. From the reu- from what I remember of the reunion, it was nowhere near as bad as the man you're seeing who already stepped out on you tristening again. I think it's so just I like- just don't get it. Aside from she's an easier... You know, it's part of the job is to, you know, lob, you know? Yeah, I think that she probably just thinks that it was below the belt and it would have been one thing if it was Monique who was already on the outs and maybe not coming back. But for Karen to sort of like, you know, like Ashley was Monique's ally, but Ashley wasn't like uh, joining in on that pylon with Giselle. She sat there quietly while Karen and Monique were like, boop, 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 boop. So... I feel like she probably is just like, well, Karen didn't need to jump on the train with Monique. And we I've known Karen before all of this, so all bets are off now. So now I'm really going to talk. But I mean, she was also talking about Karen, not like how Ray wasn't in. I mean, she that when she was making all those jokes at Candace's house last night, though, I laughed so hard. I mean, again, I, I see a glimmer <laughs> of I think that they're having fun now, whether they like actually have like totally hate each other now. I don't know. I want to know. Let's find out from someone who works at Bravo headquarters. Like, do they really hate each other now? I want to know. I think they maybe do. But I, it's so entertaining. Again, I'm not like criticizing. I just want, I genuinely want to know, is there, Karen has explicitly said, no, I hate her. But like, I don't know that I would ever believe it. Like, I'm still asking because I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I don't believe it. It's like Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump. It's like Ramona and Luann are best friends now. You know, it's like. The evolution of these friendships all for the sake of being able to like knowing that how you keep the how to keep the show being good and how to stay on television. I feel like those two women love being on TV. They will continue to have this friendship for as long as they are. I think for now. But Kyle and LVP is an example of how a person can start to hate another person. Lisa Vanderpump despises Kyle. She left the show in part because she was pissed that Kyle wouldn't lie on her behalf. Like. That if that's an example of like a wink and a smile thing, we won't see that wink or smile because Lisa walked off the show. So it's not to deal with her. A good pal. 
I I think I think that it will keep going until one of the until the wheels fall off. Me, I think they'll both be fine to keep doing this. I think that because they're not the what neither of them are. They're both diff- totally different than those two people. You know, like I feel like they both are. They're both alphas. Who's and the they that we're talking about? Right like now? Kyle and um, LVP. Like, oh, okay. Because they're both alphas and they're both also funny. And I feel like the Beverly Hills situation is not the case. Like LVP is so like like sneaky and like these women aren't sneaky they're blatant I just I love it so much I mean the even what I thought was actually a surprising moment when Karen's like your ex-husband sucks and like impregnated somebody else whatever else and Giselle's response was like at least his dick works I was shaken not only because oh my god but also, okay, is this the acknowledgement that we're getting that Jamal really is a piece of shit? Are we getting it in this two-second retort, which I will still take regardless and unpack for literally an hour on Patreon, which I just did? Like, what is happening here? And it is such a gift. Oh, such a gift. Also, as seasons go on and as the women, like, their storylines, you know, quote-unquote, run their course— but you know what can't be made up is babies. And Ashley Darby has another child with Michael Darby. Like this show. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. She would have right. been better. And the thing is, she's not doing, you know, there are women who either pretend to get pregnant or whatever else or marry whomever for the show. I cannot be certain that Luann and Tom D'Agostino would have gotten married still had the show not been the thing yeah. that, you know, was propelling her forward. Ashley Darby professionally would have been better off at least temporarily having some other kind of bonus separation from Michael, which they've done before. She was not better off in her behavior with like the aligning with him, defending what he did at the finale, everything else that she did. She's making this choice and in having another kid with him, she's doubling down. She's really, she's not, it's not for the show. Obviously you don't get pregnant. You don't have a child for the show, but she's not doing stuff. That's for her like best interest. And she's doing it because she wants to make this work with him. Or she wanted to have a certain type of family at a certain age within certain means and Mm -hmm. her kids to be certain ages near each other, whatever. I think like uh, this is a first, this is an original thought I'm having as I'm speaking, but I think that like Ashley, not that she's similar to Erica Girardi in like her entire like plotting or whatever she like, but I think Ashley knows what she's doing in her relationship with Michael. And I think that she's like, cool, I'm getting this. I'm renegotiating my uh, prenup and I already have a kid. So now I know that I'm going to get child support when, if and when we divorce. And then oh, I have another kid. I wanted two kids. Like, I think that she's smart. Maybe not. Maybe she's like totally butt crazy in love with him and really wants to make it work. But I just think that there's a part of Ashley that's like, I know. Or they have a total an understanding that is way beyond the understanding of the audience like we're not clued into i mean they did say that they sometimes have opened their relationship up to like other women occasionally for fun but there might be more layers to that that they don't want to let on on national television but i think that she knows like what she's doing i don't know that i 
totally get the Erica and Tom comparison as much as I do the one-off comment that Candace said to Giselle when Giselle went to visit her where Candace was like I totally get wanting to stay with him why would you want to go through the aggravation or of looking for somebody new and I see more of that with Ashley where she's like okay this is but she's young and hot it doesn't matter like when you're in love with somebody and they reveal themselves to be not the kind of person you thought they would be or they reveal themselves so frequently that it's hard to continue to ignore it and you are married to them and you have a child with them and you had the kind of relationship with an a father who wouldn't claim you that you are going to want to make this work as long as you possibly can I think for her it has so much like the money thing, I get that. And I'm, I'm sure that was the security was a huge part of them getting together and maybe her looking over some stuff, uh, looking past some stuff initially. But like at this point right now, I think it's so much more a part of her trying to force together the nuclear family that she did not have growing up and that she did not even have as an adult when her mom is in a relationship with a guy who does not have stable housing, refuses to get a job, mm-hmm. is maybe not a great personality type as if those other descriptors didn't cover it. Like, I think she's still searching for that thing that has never been stable in her life, maybe aside from her relationship with um, Uncle Lump. And, you know, I don't know the dynamics um but I think he is happily married and has a kid. I forget. But like I forget also. she she didn't have that in her specific structure with parents and siblings. And she's looking to create that now. And she's created it and she doesn't want it to go away. And she probably believes that he loves her enough to stop. I don't know that I believe that, but I also see the connections in her like childhood trauma mm-hmm. and, and can recognize that there is probably truth to some of that but I don't think that it is not I don't think and this is why I was connecting it to like Erica Girardi of like I don't think it's entirely love I don't think it's entirely love and I think that there uh, was I think that things were thought very I think she is very smart I think that Erica was probably more thoughtful and I don't mean that as a compliment when it comes to like, hi, I'm a hostess at this restaurant. You're a baller. Well, yeah, the Hollywood element of all of it. He was like, he's an A-list lawyer. She wanted to be an actor slash whatever. I think that's different when you're in DC or Potomac or whatever. But I think that, yes, I think that there was some of that. I believe there was some of that. I mean, Ashley could tell me I'm wrong, but this is my opinion. I mean, I... We we know Michael, you know, you would think she does. I'm sure she does know him better, but we no. I, and I don't mean that as an asshole. No, I mean, no, like, I know. she's like literally married to this no, man. But I, know. I just we also know him and she is now having a second child, a wonderful baby boy who we know obviously is born this season and we'll watch that process play out and. Now she has two kids with this man named Michael Darby, who is gross. You know, like, I just, I don't love him. I wish that she was with someone who deserved her, but this is who she is choosing. She is making the active choice to stay with him. And as we have seen with previous seasons, he walks in, they joke about whatever, and everything's fine. There's no acknowledgement of his behavior. 
from the past and we pretend that we are only and ever moving forward. And it's so toxic to me, but also she seems happy. And I'm sure the fact that they haven't had sex in four months and he's a chronic philanderer is going over super well. And we're not even going to wink at that because it's so depressing to think about. But I hope the next person he has a sleepover with at a hotel didn't charge her phone. You know, like it's not great, but you know, she's happy. I say with an asterisk and quotes and like six footnotes and a question mark. Amen. Like, I don't know. Ashley is so good at this show. All of these women are so good at this show. Like even Mia, who is like a different kind of energy. I like because she's a different kind of energy. And I like because Wendy so clearly dislikes <laughs> I'm so into and it. I, I'm so it was into so immediate. It. Oh, I can tell you've had a lot of work done. Pause. <laughs> like, may I have more wine, please? Know, or like, Wendy refill my glass really of water. Th- and you're the host of this dinner? What? Obsessed. Lit- Wendy threw me for a loop. She just was so- on such a different level. <clears throat> she was just on such a different level than I anticipated her to come into her second season. And I that feud, I was like, oh, you, ha- you hate her. <laughs> and you don't, no qualms about it. And I think like asking questions about a person's plastic surgery when it comes to like asking Wendy stuff, since it turns out the theme of the party is specifically geared around her plastic surgery, isn't the strangest question in her response of like, yeah, your face is fucked up. I can tell you've had six noses. Tell me more about that. Who's your doctor so I can make sure not to, you know, accept that DM, you know, like I it was so much and I. I loved it. I also, this has been raised by people, um, uh, by friend of the pod, friends of the pod, Gibson Johns and Steve Faces by Bravo. But like when Mia was listing her procedures. Four boobs. Does that mean. Four boob jobs. Wait, is, two, each boob was done. To, right. Because like, we have two boobs. So like, does it two procedures? Like I, what? I, or I different sizes of implants? Or? Uh, she's, she's so cool. She's so cool. Cause I was like, what? And then I was like, well, we don't have this type of energy. It's like. There's a, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, it's like yeah. not, it's like not funny on purpose, but funny and like, kooky. I'm, yeah, kooky. That's right. Yeah. She's like quirkier than I um, anticipated. And it's a different kind of quirk than like um, Karen's quirk. And totally. so it's a real, it's, it's, it's delightful. This orchestra. Also, all the, I listen, all the music I, is playing. I listened to your songs. mini recap of um, Potomac uh, today and I thought, you were talking about the way that they address like last season, which I think is interesting because I think that every season of every franchise is always different in the way that sometimes they sort of like erase the se- like the season prior. Just like we're starting new, we don't need to like whatever. And Beverly Hills, I feel like, has lived much more in the past than I expected. Like Denise has mm-hmm. been mentioned so many times that I feel like <laughs> literally feel like they're setting her up to like walk in the door at the last episode or something. Like the way that Garcelle is like not dropping it and then it just keeps coming up. Less Mm -hmm. in the last few episodes. But the way Potomac addressed last season and, like, the departure of Monique was just, like, such... I don't remember having seen that type of, like, that sort of, like, last season was, like, toxic, awful, whatever, terrible, goodbye, dark, it's over, moving into, like, new. Like, I felt like we needed it because last season was such a volatile and dark season, or Mm -hmm. at least ended on that note. But also, like, what a way to clean slate. So I just thought, like, Potomac gave me everything I needed in the first episode and made me really hopeful of, like, what's to come. Because, like, 
I felt like Candace, who was such a major player and such a device, mm-hmm. has been historically such a divisive, divisive character on the franchise, was such a, I mean, one, she's getting, depending on where it goes, her first episode was like a total rebrand of like her as bone stepmom and all of those mm-hmm. things. And also she was such a non-player in terms of like the shade between like Wendy and Mia and, uh, you know, Karen and Giselle. That it was like, well, what are what am I signing up for? Like, what's this season going to be? You know, I'm very excited and hopeful. Yeah, and I think it, she probably benefited by not being at that dinner. And I'm curious to see how it will go down when she's in group dynamics. I mean, she continues her wonderful history of body and fat shaming people by the thing that she says to Ashley, which as someone who's talking about her possible interest in being a parent to try to fat and body shame um a new mother who is dealing with so many hormones and just like the stress of being a woman is hard enough to have another woman attack you for it is quite quite a look so do I think she's a it's like do I play the stupid bullshit game of like even having a conversation around do I think she's a good parent then it's like no there's a reason they're on housewives most of them are not we we like the narcissism it's what propels them and us but, you know, is she someone who I'm ever going to unblock on social media? Probably not. Does she act out in a way that is so much darker and crueler and meaner and angrier than literally any other current housewife or most recent housewife I have ever seen on social media in a way that is actually shocking, regardless of what trash, terrible threats, awful stuff is coming her way? Yes. Is that a problem? Yes. Is she's ever going to change? No. And the scary thing is sad that maybe not scary, but like sad, depressing thing is a lot of that energy helps propel her forward and makes her so great as a housewife. Like it's hard for people to separate their persona and reality on reality TV from how they comport themselves online. Candace is one of those special cases where she's not that different. And you can think of that in the best and worst ways. And should she be on this season? A hundred percent. Is she going to be interesting? A hundred percent. Will I continue to talk about how deeply dangerous and damaging the ways that she bodies and fat shames people? when she is lobbing the insult at one person but it is felt by hundreds of thousands more yeah I am going to talk about it and I'm going to limit my access so that she can't slide into my dms and that's something that a lot of people don't understand it's like when you talk about different kinds of mental health disorders or marginalized communities or addictions The dirty little secret that I have found in trying to unpack her behavior online last season is that nobody wants to understand or empathize people who have or live with or are or uh, in the word. I forget the language that Crystal used. I think it was like in healing from an eating disorder. You don't Mm want to hear about it. You don't want to believe that it is real and serious and life threatening. And you don't want to understand the ways that body and fat shaming is connected to that. And it's a conversation that maybe I'll have and maybe I won't. And um, it's something that Candace refuses to understand because she was always and forever the perpetual victim. And so she uses that to protect herself. And in some ways, she deserves to call herself a victim. And I mean that in the most empathetic way. She has survived a lot. Like she was the victim in the dynamic with Monique. I think she deserves a lot of empathy in that. And I think the relationship that she has with her mom, if they're able to like sort of laugh that off a little bit, I would love to see it this season, but there are ways that she deserves a lot of our empathy. And it doesn't mean we can't also 
keep her accountable. And if she is not able to, in her defense mechanisms, separate genuine deserved critique specific to body and fat shaming from whatever terrible shrapnel is unnecessarily being aimed her way, I don't know how to help you except to say that you'll probably it's probably going to help you get another contract, not because if you're using these words, but because that's your impulse. And it sucks like it sucks that she has no interest in understanding and just wants to make people feel as bad as she has felt. But that's Candace for you. She's a great housewife. I'm, I'm happy she's still in the cast. I can't wait to see her interactions with Karen. I hope they're able to move forward. And at some point, she'll figure something else to say instead of all of this stupid, terrible shit. In terms of like housewives and social media, what do you think of like, I've been thinking about Erica Jane and where how she, oh. she, <laughs> she is just like such a nightmare on social media. And yeah, I feel like there's bad. There's, there's like a period. There's like probably a, she obviously has a team, whether I'm not sure she can afford a publicist anymore, but I'm sure she has a legal team that can say like, you shouldn't be responding. And I was like, maybe like, why is she just not quiet? Or why didn't she put up a statement? Like the truth will come out, post that on Instagram and then go dark or whatever. And then I was like, can she like her Instagram? She can't afford to not like because she monetizes it because she needs like a salary and she has like a million or two million followers. Like she needs to be doing things like I just can't. I was like trying to understand why somebody would. And I feel like Candace, that's a whole other issue of like a yeah, person a who is yeah. hot tempered mm-hmm. and doesn't yeah. know how to not respond. And but, doesn't care that going below the floor. And has no, has yeah, no. She does like, not care. Has no consideration care. for that at all. She's not the only one, by the way. No, I'm no, not no, in no. the world who doesn't. I mean, listen, hello. Most of them, I would say most are probably pretty terrible. Um, And then a lot of them are bad at social media. But Erica, I'm just like, you have a huge legal case. So like, it's beyond just like, cla- like being like mad that people are shaming you for going out and without glam. And it's like. Sure, I get it, but also like your brand is sort of built on being above everything and always being having glam done. So like a little bit, I'm gonna give people some grace in their commentary around her walking around in her like you know, without any hair and makeup on. But like then she's like, cool, cool. Like I, I forgot that you always have to like be like everyone's personalized together. Cool, like fuck you, cool. And I'm like, Erica, like. Y- doth protest too much about critiques from what you're calling trolls just block them ignore them delete twitter off your phone make your account go quiet like have someone else run it for you like whatever but just like what are you doing you're not helping yourself look any better and your persona on the show this season is all about seems really well crafted and i don't know that it's entirely fake although my instinct is that it is um, but I just feel like she's so like well curated on the show as far as like this is what I'm presenting about my story that the stuff online I'm like you're just seem like a total asshole. I don't know. I think there's so many different routes to go down with that. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with just a defense mechanism and also probably a woman in a lot of shock who yeah is now dealing with circumstances that far surpass probably where she's thought herself at worst from this. And I wonder, I got into this a lot with Emily D. Baker on the last AG, which was Erica heavy, but I, I, I don't know what to think about it except to say that the strategic way she is 
comporting herself online is just so viscerally gross. And regardless of how she feels and what she knew and the ways in which she was involved, it's just not a good look. And then you mix in like she posted, I think yesterday or the day before, you know, someone sent her a terrible like death threat and she reposted that. And the interesting thing, I mean, obviously that's horrifying, terrible. I cannot imagine thinking in any way that saying wishing death to a person in that just it's awful and vile and violent but it's like wedged between that are people being like so about the orphans you know and I just wonder like I genuinely wonder this isn't a critique which many are deserved when it talks to Erica when it when we're talking about Erica Jane but like I genuinely wonder is she looking at her social media? Like she has her assistant still, whose name I constantly forget, who is now posting photos because I checked out her assistant's IG the other day and is like, makeup by me. And then like people from Erica's Glamour, like you're doing so great. Like you're doing great, sweetie. But it's like, oh, that might explain some of the, like bronzing stuff um, on her face. But like maybe that's been happening for a while. But also this case has been happening for a while. So like maybe she's mixing it up. Maybe her assistant it has a passion for makeup. Anything is possible. Um, Erica beauty coming soon. But, um, you know, I just wonder when it's Erica looking at her social or someone looking at her social, I think Erica does look at it a lot as I would fixating on the death threat or calling that out. You have every right to call that out as you want, as people are advising you for safety, whatever else totally on you it's a terrible thing to receive but like so many comments are referencing the burn victims and the people whose families have died who are now orphaned and insolvent and you know people who are living in below the poverty level who were owed four thousand dollars that were gonna it's gonna be life-changing for them that they may or may not ever get because tom helped put that on as a you know paying five percent of the tax on that panther ring that she was wearing the other day like are you reading those other critiques is that why you're especially nasty because they're not going away like i what's the process it's not gonna go away yeah it's not gonna go away and yeah i'm sort of like befuddled by her strategy because it seems so strategic on the show and again that's me like putting on my whatever that's my analysis of it but then the social media stuff seems really ill-advised and confusing to me um question for you what do you think at what point if at any do you think the miss the fantastic mr fox four or whatever will fox five like at, <laughs> well, like at, at what <laughs> At what point? At what the point do you think ever. that Kyle and Rinna? I'm gonna leave Dorit. I'm leaving Teddy out of it because I literally don't care. Um, and I'm gonna leave Dorit out of it only because I like her more, or like not like her more, but like think that she is more plays more in the middle than the other two. As far as like trying, like at least based on what we've seen in the trailer, and I thought last season with Denise, she does a little bit more of like I don't have like blood loyalty to anybody. 
But what do you like? When, at what point do you think Kyle and Rinna are going to be like, this is not good for my brand that I'm friends with somebody who's caught in the like I'm defending to the death somebody who's like caught up in a major fraud case where orphans and widows and like burn victims are literally being denied the millions of dollars that they are owed. I don't think they think it's bad for their brand. I think that they think it might be bad for their brand. If they are thinking in this way, subconsciously or otherwise, it's bad for their brand if they don't support their friend. Yeah. And if they're all relying on the idea that regardless of whether or not that's true and, you know, the gossip rags always make things seem terrible. Um, regardless of that, they're relying on a narrative that we will see shortly that may or may not have elements of truth that Tom, and again, I spoke about this on the most recent Andy's Girls, that who knows the ways in which Tom misled Erica. Sure. And so I could see the route of like, let's forget some of these other questions about like the loan of $20 million or whatever else. And the, he misled you. He also misled us. You know, we also filmed with him. He, that I could understand some frustration that about what he has done to their brand by being this terrible criminal and God forbid getting found out. Um, so I think that's probably something that they're thinking about. And I also think, I don't know how many skeletons of theirs she knows genuinely, but my guess is she will be, I don't think that they're thinking about this, but the reality is that they're, she's sort of indebted to them as a result. And because she doesn't have any other income and because her future is, not looking great regardless of whether or not she's staying on the show but it's obviously much bleaker if she's not I understand why she's cashing in on their friendship and alliance right now and and needs their support in every way emotionally as a friend as a co-star whatever else and I I think that they understand that why would we turn away from this? She will never turn from us as a result. Do you think we can count? I got into a drunken uh, argument with my friend James the other night about like Garcelle because he was saying she's not doing enough for the <gasps> show. Wow. And I was, I was saying that I feel like she is, but that she doesn't care. Like she doesn't care about the show or need the show the same way that I think other people show up like Dorit who like isn't a personality prior to being in the show and therefore is like wrapped up in all of it. Like Garcelle's first season, she was like barely around, but do you think we can count on Garcelle and Sutton to make sure that this like Erica storyline is like balanced as far as like the viewers getting their questions in? I don't know how invested in it Sutton is. I think Sutton asks questions at times. I mean, I get to know. I guess Erica it's too be. TBD, yeah. but I'm just based on like what we've seen as far as like otherwise I'm nervous. Like I'm nervous if everyone is too afraid to ask things out of respect for their friend to like say anything bad on camera that might be used against her or open up a can of worms or whatever, you know? Yeah, I think that we can definitely count on Garcelle in all the the right ways. I think your friend James is completely full of shit and is, <laughs> could not be more wrong when it comes to the kinds of ways that we have seen Garcelle's energy, the things that she has brought Rinna to her knees and God bless her for it. Like the ways that like Rinna is fully repenting from everything that we have seen. And I, yeah. I think you don't think. Well, I think it's strategic. I think that this is what of she... Of course it is. Um, so I think that it would have happened regard... Like, it sort of doesn't matter who the person is that was to say, like, you were an asshole last season. 
I think she knew that was like fan sentiment and audience sentiment. So she knows that this season she needs to be less like this person to stir because she knew that like she did that like whatever year she said like Kim Richards was going to die and then she got in and then she and then she threw a glass at Kim Mm -hmm. and her and then then Munchausen like she had two seasons where she was like all about mixed in the mix and people were like Mm -hmm. you're a bad person and then she was like very cool and then people were like you're boring and she was like well you guys didn't like when I was messy and then she was messy with Denise and then now she's kind of doing like a you're right Garcelle and I'm a better friend to you than I am to like I'm like closer with you and it's like this doesn't matter if it, it could have been Sutton and Sutton would have been like, why did you do that to your friend? And she would have been like, you're right, Sutton, but I had to. But you're right. I'm going to be bad. Ba- I'm going to be better moving forward. Um, I don't know. I, I love Garcelle because she's like cool, but also she's not like above it the way that like Erica is like, I don't I'm not friends with women. I hang out with a bunch of queens like Garcelle's just like I've been in this industry for 100 years and this is a job and like I show up and I. I literally ask real questions. Like, I'm not... I think that she's cool. I love her so much. I also think she cares so much more this season. And also, she saw the ways that her friend was shot on. And it's like, yeah, that's not okay. Like, she could have very easily, if she really didn't care, been like, okay, cool, whatever, bye. But she's not letting Rinna get away with it in a way that makes her think she cares. Because why do I think that? Because she does. Yeah, and I think because also Garcelle cares about herself. On Like, she doesn't want to be the next Denise, you know? No, who would? Who would? Who is? I mean, you could make the argument that if it had been any other person but Erica, obviously it would be Erica, but it isn't. Instead, Erica has the benefit of, you know, having one more week until we find out what's really going on. The timeline is that, right? Like once we get it, it came out around the holidays or right after Christmas. Like it came out like the, the, the frauds part, like was like started making headlines I mean, it had already been making headlines, which is why people were like, cool, the divorce is odd. And but when did it really go viral? I forget the actual timing, but it's like literally a matter of like we just saw every, we just saw everyone's Christmas trees. So like it's coming. Um, yeah. And the scene for next week is she's like literally crying. So, you know, it's shit's going to hit the fan. And how fortunate are we that Beverly Hills is having such, such a good season and there's so much going on with Sutton and Crystal that the Erica stuff is a part of the season but it's not all of it I know I was sort of fucking god I was ready for the Sutton and Crystal stuff to sort of be done but then the ugly leather pants moment happened and I laughed all over again so I've you know I am interested in it because I feel like Sutton is absurd is being absurd and and like you know I'm into it for because they both are right and also they both are wrong. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to watch. Um, I just kind of can't believe it is continuing to happen. But now this new turn, because it's so comical, like the leather pants and you're jealous, is so funny to me. And I'm, like, confused. Like, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so fascinating. I want, and I don't think it's going to happen this season because, but I want Crystal to, like, argue with other people. Like, I don't, because I, like, I'm into her cutting She's like, she's like a pretty popular girl. Like she's mean. And I don't know that I would want to be friends with her in real life, but she is, has a level of like confidence and little bit of meanness that I think is cool for the show and good for the show. And it would be fun to watch her get to like cut someone else down. 
I would 100% want to be friends with her and get martinis somewhere dark and like phenomenal and talk about how much money we both have because I also have a ton of money. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, go to Chanel and like buy the left side. Um, I, but I also would be like, okay, so you're someone where if I annoy you, you could maybe cut me down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like three words. Yes. Like I would want but, to be, I would want to win her over. I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm more of like a garbage of like the, bleh. like I just say a lot of stuff and I usually aim it. I internalize it. But, um, uh, so that's always interesting to see. I a hundred percent agree when it comes to the, like the Sutton stuff is going to continue, but we know from their social, which I do believe that they're in a good place. Obviously, yeah. as we know, historically that good place can totally evaporate when it comes to filming the season, um, and the lead, uh, sorry, filming the reunion and the lead up to it. I am curious to see what crystal would be like next season. I think she's such a strong housewife and to me it's not a matter of like the Leah second season curse as much as it is when the other women understand how much power she potentially has or how individual she is as a housewife how Mm. that can affect them because I could see Rena being a little concerned and I don't think that Rena would target Crystal but I would like to see a world in which we have the Fox Force. I hate saying it. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest. I don't care that it's from Pulp Fiction. It's the dumbest name for a group I've literally ever heard. Like Dream Team is thousands better than this. Um, But I would like to see a world in which Crystal has like really strong allies, who those people are, TBD, And they and there's some sort of shift in this where right now it doesn't feel like all against one because it's actually two, you know, like it's two different people who aren't involved in the all and who aren't considered the one. But But I'm curious to see how that could change. And it does feel like there are sort of I don't know if alliances is the right word, but just like there are the Fox four five or whatever and Kathy and Crystal whom are connected because Kathy is literally sisters with Kyle. Right. And then there's Garcelle and, uh, and Sutton, who I think are a little bit are on a different island. I don't think that, like, it seems like Garcelle is pretty much good with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, I sometimes check to see, and, like, they are all following each other currently. Like, nobody is not Oh, that's fo- smart. I don't think anybody is not following anybody at the mm-hmm. moment for Beverly Hills. But, yeah, I just think that it does feel like uh, Sutton and Garcelle are a little bit disconnected, and I would love to feel like there is power more on the other side. That, like, Crystal and Dorit and Sutton and Garcelle are, like, and Kathy are in cahoots, you know? And then, like, what happens then when, like, Rinna and Erica and Kyle don't have the majority of numbers, you know? I would love to see it. I also just have to say, and again, I was like very, very BH and Potomac heavy on the um, Patreon I posted, but Kathy Hilton, that moment with Hunky Dory, I could watch it. Like at first I was like, it's like almost frantic. I was like, is it? Oh, it's like totally real. No, it's because she she is Thomasina. She is the yeah, one who yeah. she gives people triggered doogie. Sutton. Right. She is the one who like triggered Sutton by referencing the peeping Tom nickname, which is why Sutton became un Sutton was already boiling over, brimming up from that point onward, previous to that point, but it was just sort of 
to me a reminder to to her of the like okay there are people against me in this and I need to lash and fight my way out and that was lobbed Crystal's way but the actual nuts and bolts of Hunky George because Kathy herself a nickname connoisseur it has to be the nickname could it be Dorit could it be cut like hunky like who does that sound like her look of confusion and genuine concern I will never I hope to God I never recover from it I cannot watch it enough she's like the Sonia Morgan we didn't know we need on on Beverly Hills which is to say like a kooky funny presence that like is not invested in like the drama the way mm-hmm. everyone else is but is providing wacky like levity constantly and also real wealth and like real name recognition which is also very cool it's like kathy helton's on the real houses of beverly hills and also she's like weird as hell the thing is i can't i totally get the sonia energy but the thing with kathy is like we thought we understood her before we thought we at at least knew her before this. She had her reality show, I think, on VH1 sure. of like, I'm an ass- I need an assistant or what, whatever it was. Yeah, she was what like was Par- Paris Hilton's new best friend or something like that, right? No, but then I think Kathy had her own reality show. Oh, I don't think it was on that VH1. I remember. But, uh, oh, sorry, my bad. It was on somewhere. I swear to God. Can you Google? I remember watching it. I swear to God, Kathy Hilton needs an assistant or something or like assist Kathy. I swear to God, it's real. But we thought we knew her from. I want to be a Hilton. That could be it. That was on NBC, apparently. That could be it. Fascinating. Yeah. So I just think like we thought we knew her in some way because she was in the public eye through the lens of celebrity. And it turns out she is so different from how I think the majority of this thought she would be understanding we've seen glimpses of her in seasons past where she's very alpha very you know big sister top dog overly critical wants to make sure everybody understands her place and the dynamic of her um relationship with her sisters and whatever else i just wasn't expecting the kookiness and the lightness of her totally i just think she's wonderful i don't know what to do with her i can't say i want her to be a housewife i don't want us to ruin her i know i know i know but I just want her on TV forever. I, I want her to continue. I mean, like, bottoms up. My God. Yeah. A I, gift. I totally agree. I, I, like, don't want to ruin it because, you know, like, there has to, like, we were talking about at the very top of this episode, the mm-hmm. dynamic with the sisters. It's like, I'm curious, but also, like, that will change who Kathy is to me, you know? And yeah. it's like, I kind of like her being just fun Kathy. Can you believe that we had... And we truly, guys, if you guess what our safe word was for the Kim and Kyle, I, I don't know. I'll give you some sort of prize. I don't know how you could guess it, but maybe you will. You remember what our, don't say it out loud, but you remember what our safe word was. I actually don't. I have like. <gasps> Damien. You'll text. You thought of it. I I'll text it to you. I, it's like so, there's no way that anyone would, it's one word and there's no way that anybody would get it unless you get, you actually might. There I might be wait. 10 people who send it to me. I don't know what kind of prize I can get. I'm going to shout you out on the next AG. And if you have a ta- housewife's tagline, I I'll probably have it. some Bravo um, swag that I can. Um, Damien give. will send you stuff. I hoard. I'll send you so something. I literally have, like, from various Bravo events, I still have the Help, itineraries if you live under in my the, bed. If you live in New York, you can just pick it up in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, 
okay, Damien, listen, we started the up with this like historic moment, real Switzerland coming together. And I just feel like what better place to end it than to say how appreciative I am. Our OG of the AG, I've missed you. I feel like we haven't talked and like we send voice notes and text frequently, but like this was so nice just to be able to use AG as the excuse to get we had to so spend much this to time unpack. with you. I know. I like can't. We need to do a key key soon. I Please. need to show you my office. There's so much that has to happen. Tell the listeners about you might know her from how they can support you on social, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on all the things at Damien Bellino. That's Damien with an A. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Damien Bellino. Um, and you might know her from comes out weekly on Thursdays. Uh, and it's a, a podcast where we interview character actresses, um, women in the business who don't get enough uh, opportunities to talk about their stories. And we have interviewed people who are connected to Housewives, such as mm. Eileen Davidson, um, Demetria McKinney, um, Talia Balsam, who's somehow related to Eileen Davidson. So, you know, it's still you're still getting a little bit of a Bravo kick there if you need it. Um, so, yeah, you can support us and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And did you say where to follow you on social? Yeah, we're at my name. Love that. And guys, I just hosted an hour-long Patreon deep diving Beverly Hills, my thoughts on the Potomac premiere, um, a really interesting satchel that I actually had a lot of um, counters to, which I love to do, um, uh, on all things Sutton and Crystal. So number one way to support the pod, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. We'll definitely be announcing the date shortly for the Andy's Girls Zoom Kiki, which is exclusive to Patreon supporters at the OG of the AG and people's people's couch levels. So if you want to participate in that, we've done several and they're so fucking fun. Every single time we've gone over time because I like don't want the combo to end. Um, so if you're not at the people's people's couch and uh, OG the AG level, get on it. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I'm going to do a live. I think I'm going to hop on a live this weekend, I Hot. think, and just like shoot the shit with uh, AGs and get their thoughts on all things AG and housewives and more. So Instagram at Dame Galley. And I hope you guys liked that um, mini AG slash AG mini episode. Let me know your thoughts. Slide into my DMs if you have the an idea for a better title. <laughs> and if I should do it again, <laughs> would love it. Damien, love you so much. Thank you for coming back. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Send my love to um, Kimberly, I suppose. Let her know. <laughs> not I my, my dog, best. but uh, as in Richard's. <laughs> yeah. As, your dog's name is not Kimberly. Maybe it is now. What's your dog daughter's name? What's your dog daughter's name? Her name is Ronnie. Ronnie. That's right. Ronnie, I, hello. How are you? Um, <laughs> started choking on a beverage. On that note, guys, hope you are staying safe and sane, getting the vaccinated. Getting the vaccinated. Oh, my God. Right. Get right. vaccinated if you can. Get vaccinated if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.